Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 14 of Genesis chapter 9. And we're continuing to look at verses 21 through 27. And he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be Jehovah God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Well, again, just to quickly summarize the last study, we saw that nakedness in the Bible points to one's sins being open to the eyes of God. The covering of nakedness is a picture of salvation. Ham did not cover his father's nakedness. Canaan, now it, it's possible that Canaan was there and just not mentioned but since God doesn't mention him, that, that would be speculation. But it's just more likely Canaan is the one that receives the judgment, the curse, because he is the one in the line of Ham that identifies with the corporate church. But anyway, there was a failure to cover Noah's nakedness, and that later on, results in the curse. Shem and Japheth, however, take a garment, they laid it upon their shoulders, and went backward. Notice the care the Lord takes in verse 23 to describe their act, and he stresses that they did not see their father's nakedness. I'll read the verse again. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father and their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. They were doing everything they could to look away and and that's because of what we read before about uh, uncovering your father's nakedness, uh, just a bad connotation in the Bible. And so very respectfully, humbly, they honored their father, and they also, in covering his physical nakedness with his garment, um, provided a picture of those that would deal their bread to the hungry that would see the naked and cover them. 
That is, they would share the gospel which provides spiritual covering for man's sin. And, and so they did well. They, they did well historically. It was a great demonstration of honoring their father. And they did well in the picture that they painted in the spiritual realm of those that had the responsibility of bringing the gospel to others that sin might be forgiven and covered over, and they did so. And then it says in verse 24, And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. He woke up and he knew. He knew what his younger son had done. And the following verses also indicate he knew what Shem and Japheth had done. Now, what does it mean that Noah awoke from his wine? Well, uh, Noah was a husbandman. And we've already seen that God the Father likens himself to a husbandman. And a husbandman, remember in James 5 verse 7, who patiently waits for the early and latter rain. And, and he, he does not pour out his wrath until the seasons of rain, um, occur and then the precious fruit of the earth is brought in. So the husbandman is sort of what sleep pictures. That is God's role as a spiritual husbandman overlooking the vineyard overlooking his salvation program that worked out over many centuries. He did not take action in the pouring out his wrath upon the sins of mankind because he had to wait. He waited for the rain to fall, the fruit to come in. And it's similar in a way when, when God is inactive, when God is not Pouring out his wrath, mankind tends to think, well, well, God's unconcerned. God uh, isn't paying attention. God's asleep. And that's kind of the picture here. Noah awoke. He awoke after the, the time of his nakedness. And, and he was lying there for some hours. And after his nakedness presented an opportunity to all of his sons, to all of his sons, to Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They all were aware of his condition, that he had gotten drunk, and he was uncovered in his tent. Uh, Ham was aware of it. Shem and Japheth were aware of it. And this actually presented an opportunity to them all, to either cover his nakedness or to not cover his nakedness. And we know that Ham did not. And uh, as a result, Canaan was cursed. Shem and Japheth did. And and so at this point, it, it's as though that opportunity now is gone. That opportunity to either cover his nakedness or ignore his nakedness to disregard it, that that period uh, in which Ham or Canaan could have acted to cover him over and cover him up, 
was now gone. Now it's a, a totally different situation. Noah awakes and he possesses full knowledge of what took place. And we wonder, well, how did he know what his younger son had done unto him? Did Shem and Japheth tell him? Maybe. Historically, someone would have had to have informed Noah what had happened, because he, he would have been out of it. He he was asleep and was unaware. But spiritually, Noah is the husbandman, God the Father, and God knows all things about all things. And so God immediately knows everything that took place, everything that happened during this time in which he seemingly was unaware because of Noah's sleep. Now, we we read in Psalm 7, and this has to do with Noah waking up. In Psalm 7, it says in verse 6, Arise, O Jehovah, in thine anger, lift up thyself because of the rage of mine enemies, and awake for me to the judgment that thou hast commanded. So we see in Psalm 7 verse 6 that there is a cry for God to awake to judgment. And uh, that's something that we're going to see a few more times. In Psalm 44, beginning in verse 22, Yea, for thy sake are we killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Wherefore hidest thou thy face, and forgettest our affliction and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. And here the people of God are in trouble, and again, there is a cry, awake, why do you sleep? It, when God is inactive, when God is allowing the church world to go apostate, when God is allowing the secular world to abound in iniquity, it, it could uh, seem, it could give the appearance, well, is God asleep? Why is he not acting? Why is he not rising up to avenge and to take vengeance. Well, in Psalm 59, it says, beginning in verse 4, They run and prepare themselves without my fault. Awake to help me. And behold, thou therefore, O Jehovah, God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to visit all the heathen. Be not merciful to any wicked transgressors, Selah. The call is for God to awake and visit the heathen or the nations. And when he does, be not merciful. And of course, that's language of judgment. In Psalm 73, it says in verse 18, Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They're utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream, when one awaketh, 
So, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. And, and again, Psalm 73 is that Psalm where uh, a child of God was envious at the wicked until he went into the sanctuary of God and understood their end. And, and this is speaking of the final judgment of the wicked, the, the final judgment of the world. And it is or will be when God finally acts to uh, bring his judgment. And that would involve no longer being merciful, as we have discovered in our time, since we're living in the day of judgment, when the door is shut. And that means God has stopped saving people, as you must go through the door to be saved. And if the door is shut, you cannot enter in. You cannot find salvation. God is no longer merciful. He's no longer patiently waiting as the husbandman because he's received those seasons in their time and the rain has fallen. He's gathered his precious fruit and therefore he is pouring out his wrath in the day of judgment. And that means It is as though he has awoken. God has woken from sleep to uh, come visit the heathen and to be wrathful. In Psalm 78, beginning in verse 62, it says, He gave his people over also unto the sword and was wroth with his inheritance. The fire consumed their young men, and their maidens were not given to marriage. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awaked as one out of sleep, and like a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine, and he smote his enemies in the hinder parts, he put them to a perpetual reproach. The previous language, where he gave his people also over to the sword, is language of the judgment which began at the house of God, when God turned over the churches and congregations of the world to Satan for judgment. But God was inactive in the sense that, um, yes, he actively judged the church by departing from them, but he allowed the wicked, he allowed the Babylonians, as it were, to destroy Judah. He allowed Satan and his kingdom of darkness to overrun and destroy the churches until the end of the Great Tribulation, the 23-year period. And that end came on May 21, 2011. Then the Lord awaked as one. Of course, God wasn't actually asleep, but his Uh, inactivity gave that appearance. He awaked as one out of sleep. It says in Psalm 78, 65, and like a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine. Notice that Noah awoke from his wine. And God too is picturing himself as coming out of sleep like a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine. So there's 
a connection, a tie-in that uh, the Lord is making between uh, waking up and wine. And it says in verse 66 of Psalm 78, And he smote his enemies in the hinder parts, and he put them to a perpetual reproach. It, it is the perpetual, um, ongoing, and, and the um, destruction God will destroy the enemies of his kingdom with in the completion of this day of judgment will be a perpetual and everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. We read in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, when mankind is destroyed forevermore, that's an everlasting destruction. Their annihilation, the cessation of their being, is a perpetual reproach. And it occurs after God wakes up. Just like Noah the husbandman, going back to Genesis 9, verse 24, Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And it goes on in verse 25, and he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be Jehovah God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth. And he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Noah awakes, knows all. He he has the full picture. He knows uh, who did what to him and who did not do anything to him regarding uh, his uncovered condition. And then he pronounces the curse and the blessing. And one thing we see here that really we're finding in many places now in the Bible is Noah in his waking up is a picture of God as judge. God is going to judge the world. He's going to judge mankind. And at this point, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they're, they're all the sons of Noah. Later, of course, we read of Canaan, who is cursed. But these are all the people of the world, aren't they? It, it hasn't gotten to the point where the earth has been overspread, where the nations uh, have developed. Uh, there there hasn't been the division of the continents. That, that won't happen until the days of Peleg. There hasn't even been the division of tongues at the Tower of Babel. That's still in the future. This is all the world that that are in this camp. It, they represent all people, saved and unsaved. All people, all nations that are alive at that time and represent all nations that will be alive at the end of time, at the end of the world in our present day. All nations come before God is what we see here. We see Noah pronouncing judgment. It just so happens that one judgment for uh, Canaan is the curse. It's it's the negative. It it's um, a very destructive judgment. It, it's what we come to think of when we hear the word judgment. Judgment is when God curses when. When he destroys, when he pours out his wrath. 
but we really should have a greater understanding of judgment than than our previous understanding because it's also a judgment when Noah pronounces the blessing. The giving of the blessing to Shem and Japheth is just as much a judgment as giving the pronouncement of the curse to Canaan. The judge is Noah. Noah has all the facts. He knew what his younger son had done, and he also was aware of what his other sons had had done to him in covering him respectfully. Having all knowledge and all facts concerning this issue of his covering or lack of it, he then is able to pronounce judgment to all. All people are judged by Noah, all people of the earth. And some are cursed and some are blessed. And this ties in with a parable that the Lord Jesus Christ gave in the Gospel of Matthew. It's a parable of the sheep and the goats. Uh, we want to spend some time in that parable, so we're we're not going to go there now and try to rush through it. We'll we'll just close this study a little bit earlier, and Lord willing, in our next study, we'll go to Matthew chapter twenty-five, and we'll read of a, a very important and significant parable that Christ gave concerning Judgment Day, and we're going to find that that parable has application and fits with our present understanding with the things that God has opened up to us regarding God's elect remaining on the earth in the day of judgment and also God's elect being judged. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.